everyone, and welcome to Ask Division. On this episode, I'm so happy. I've waited months for my friend, Paul Brunson. Um, thank you, Paul, for coming on. I tell you, it's an honor. My fellow American. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, both, we're both rooting for each other here. <laughs> I know, I know. You know what's interesting, though, Asta? I don't know if you, if you realize this, is that you, you, I mean, you definitely have the American accent, but I, but I hear that you have, you slip, you slip into the, the English lingo. I do a lot. It's weird, isn't it? Like, if I ever go back to America, I'll like, it'll only take like a few days for me to kind of like slip straight into it. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's like home's calling back. <laughs> but um, we first met on, a show called Stess Pack Lunch, didn't we? We sure did. And at the time, I was kind of in a place where I'd given up and on the whole love thing, and I was I was really kind of at a bottom place of what am I going to do next? Like, how am I going to find my soulmate? And then, because before that, I was asking the universe, like, what am I going to do? And I'm open to it, and... I'm open to people coming into my life to help me. And then you just dropped in. Like, I don't know, like it was just so in sync and, and beautiful. And, you know, I, I just think for any, for anyone out there who hasn't seen your work, which I hope, I hope they have, um, just tell me how it started for you because you don't, you're not born the world's most influential matchmaker are you <laughs> i don't know i mean can, can i can i say this on uh, on, on us meeting is i definitely believe it was serendipitous mm. and i believe that every everyone even the person on the street who you meet and you think like why are you staring at me looking at me in that ugly tone like everyone you meet there is a reason you know, and there's and, and there's purpose, you know, behind why you're interacting with them. And it's up to you to figure that out. And so I think there was a reason why we met at the time we met and why we've remained friends, you know, ever since. So I, I definitely think there 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 was a there was a larger reason for it. Um, but to your question is, is I was born in New York. I wanted to be in finance. I wanted to be just an entrepreneur. Quite honestly, I just wanted to make money. There was no other rhyme to reason. I wanted a Rolex. I wanted a custom Italian suit. I wanted a new BMW body style. You know, I wanted all of those things. I was uh, X5. And, and, X, yep. I want shoot. I just want X3 at that time. I want to take X3, you know, but uh, I, uh, I just wanted uh, what I thought at the time, you know, in my early twenties, what I thought was success, which was social status and markers of social status, which are, you know, cars and jewelry and that kind of thing. I was way off, but that's what I wanted initially. Do you think that's where people are going wrong these days? The kind of social status thing. And I don't know. It's if I get into that too much, I almost feel myself losing my own identity a bit sure sure i mean you know I, I, it's interesting because this talks to social media you know perfectly right and i just saw i was actually reading an article this morning about 
one of the top social media influencers being jailed uh, because everything that he showcased on his profile was was fraudulent. You know, the private jets and the mansions and the cars, it was it was all fraudulent. And what I think ends up happening to so many of us as a result of social media to a certain degree is that what we're trying to do is we're trying to showcase what we believe our value is. Hmm. And we do that through you know, clothes and we do that through a lot of people do it now through, you know, look at me in Prague. Oh, look at me in Milan. Oh, look at me eating, you know, <laughs> you know, it. you see it. You know what I, I mean? Know it. I know it. This is all in other words, what they're trying to, the story they're trying to tell is that, Oh, the dog's in a bark. I knew that um, is they're trying to tell the story of I'm successful. You know, that's what it is. Uh, and I think what we end up getting away then we, or what gets away from us is defining success for ourselves, which is so much more important. And what I've learned since the investment banking days and going after greed was at that time, I thought life was about finding the perfect job, right? And then wrapping my life around the perfect job. But what I've learned is it's actually identifying and figuring out what your perfect life is and then finding not just the job, but the jobs that fit within that perfect life. Right. Cause the perfect life leads to contentment, right? Yeah. It, you, you know, it, it leads to, as you're saying, contentment, but ultimately it leads to a longer life because you think about, you know, there, there's some great studies around what a good partner does to you, right? And also what a content life does to you. And ultimately they do the same two things, a good partner and or contentment in life. It helps you to live longer because you're less stressed. It helps you to be healthier because you are healthier. And because you're living longer, you actually make more money. So it helps you to make more money, right? Because you are living longer, healthier, making more money, you actually have larger impact. So you think about that. It goes down to the source of the contentment and to a certain degree, you know, a social partner. I'm not saying you need to be married, but having social activity, it, 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 it helps you to just live a better life. It's funny you should say that because I was talking with my parents the other day and I said to them, when I'm in that place of of real joy and real contentment and real um, peace within myself, I find that the universe kind of starts dancing and opens up a lot more to 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 things like that, things coming in and opportunities coming in. And I, since I met Charlotte, my partner, I've certainly found that like my mental health is kind of like improved so much yes you know and that's coming from me someone who you know does live a positive life but obviously i needed that missing um piece in my jigsaw yeah you you know so so one is i couldn't be more happier for you and charlotte could not be more more happy you. um you were i mean could not think of anyone more deserving right of of that type of love Right. And to your point is, I don't believe marriage is for everyone, but 
no one was placed to be on this earth alone. Right. And I think what's so powerful about your story is that you said that publicly. Right. And so the, what, what happens to so many people is that, I mean, let's face it, what we're living right now, we're living in what I call a lonely epidemic. Mm. We, we are living in, in a world where we've had, we have more people who feel lonely than ever before. But the problem is they don't want to say it. Mm. So instead, you see them on the gram, in Milan, in Prague, at the restaurants, at the club. You would have no idea that they go home alone and they feel a sense of emptiness. There's a hole in their life. And what it requires... Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Why do you think it is that they can't say it? I- ego. It's... it's right. It's, you know, it, it, it is... It is this idea that by saying that they will be thought of or perceived to be less than, right? A but weak the person. Opposite, a weak person, exactly. But the opposite is actually true, is that through showing vulnerability creates strength. It actually drives courage and that attracts more people to you. And that's why your story is so powerful and why more people need to know about it where, you know, the, the way that I saw it is you went on to, you know, a national television show and you basically said, I don't want to be alone. Mm. Right? I'm a good person and I don't want to be alone. That by itself is a masterclass, I think. But then the icing on the cake is the result is by you doing that is that a partner comes into your life. Yeah. And and so that's, you know, ultimately, uh, I, I wish more people would w- could do that. And I think through your story, more people will will be inspired to do so. I, I see you as the wizard with the sorting hat. <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, I met the wizard. You put the sorting hat on me and the sorting hat said, hey, this guy needs someone. So that that's 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 how I see you, you know. Can, and can can I say is I I I felt something big was going to happen, and you know, Steph and I were even talking about it. You know, I I felt something big would happen because you know, you, you, well, you know, you're a great guy, right? And ultimately, what I notice about uh, just people who are great you know, great guys, great gals, et cetera, is that in the matchmaking from, you know, from, from being in the matchmaking industry, normally the problem is just one thing. It's what I call the pipeline, right? Mm -hmm. So it just means that you're not meeting enough people. That's what it is. Now, not everyone's great. So sometimes when you meet somebody who's not great, you know, there's other problems, but (laughs) for people who are great, you know, you're great, you know? Yeah. Those are the folks who the problem is the pipeline. Now we're living in a day and age where the pipeline is very challenging because right now most people are meeting people on dating apps. Yeah. Right. Which is tremendously hard to meet someone on a dating app. It's not impossible, but it's, but it's hard. So if you, if there's a pipeline issue, the best way to address that is, is you need to open up the pipeline. Mm -hmm. And I knew, I thought, okay, look, 
there's a couple million people watching this. So if there's a couple million people watching this, there will def- we're talking about a massive pipeline right now, you know, for Asta. So I felt I felt good about it. No, that's amazing. I love the pipeline. I love that. <laughs> what so once people have once someone's found that special person, what makes it successful? Like what are the, what would you say? I don't know. Are the five top things that you, someone needs to maintain, either as an individual or as a couple, within that relationship to make it to make it beautiful and long living? You know what's so fascinating to me about this question? This is one of the topics I'm actually thinking about writing a book on. No way. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and you're the first person I've I've, I've said that to. This this th- that is one of the topics. There's a couple topics I'm thinking about, but that's one of the topics because that's a question that I get. I get that from people who are in relationships, you know, uh, dating people who are in committed relationships, even people who are married. Right? They still want to know. Well, what can be done to make this work? We want to make this work. Yeah. So. I could talk about this topic for hours, right? But but I'll, I'll give you some quick beats as you as you ask for. Yeah. So one thing is you have to remember this is the best time to work on your relationship is before you get into the relationship. That's the best time, right? So what does that mean? What that means is really working on self. And what does working on self really mean? You know, it's not just simply oh I love myself, right? What it is is it's about developing some basic skills, fundamental skills that'll just help you in life. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're not talking about, we're not talking about like skills, just general skills around the house. Are we? We're talking about um, skills within and like how to, you know, present yourself. (laughs) Yeah. How to be a better human. Yeah. You know what I mean? How to be a better human? How can I listen more? And you think about just that topic of how can I become a better listener, right? Because Asta, I think you're a great listener. You Thank know, you. you you turn into the person, right? You we're we're talking right now on Zoom. As I'm talking, you're acknowledging, you're shaking your head to acknowledge. Okay, I'm hearing you. I'm listening to you. If I say something, you could I could see you. You're thinking about it, and then you'll ask yeah. me a question based on that. So you're expanding yeah. your thought further. All of these small pieces add up to you being a great listener, which means that you will become a better communicator, which means that when you then enter a relationship, you will have a stronger relationship, right? And so these, this is what I'm talking about. So one thing out of that list of five, I would say, is that you want to work on being simply a better human being. You know, that's one out the gate. Another is around this whole idea of effort, right? This understanding that as long as there are two people in the relationship, or if you're in a polyamorous relationship, you got three people, you know, whatever you, whatever you do. Whatever right? floats your boat. <laughs> There's no judging here, you know? You need six <laughs> right. people in that relationship, you make all six happy. But as long as there is effort, and that's really important because what ends up happening a lot in relationships is one person stops. 
Right now, the term the kid the kids use on TikTok is called quiet quitting. Have you heard about this? No. Ah, uh, uh, see, let me, let me put you on. Let me put you on. Um, so yeah, the, the term is called quiet quitting. And the whole idea behind quiet quitting is I'm going to give you the least amount of effort so that you break up with me. I'm not going to break up with you. Okay. You know, but I, I, I'm not really going to try, you know? Yeah. And, and, and what I say is, you know, one thing that you have to realize to make, to make a relationship work is you could have all the disagreements in the world. You can have all the fights in the world. You can have stop doing all like stop kissing. You can do all those things. But as long as there's effort, then it can work. So to make sure that there's effort. So that that's two. Three is John Gottman, who is Dr. John Gottman, one of the OGs of marriage research who's ever lived one of the top researchers on, 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 on marriage in the ever who's ever lived. Wow. He, you know, discovered that he can predict with 99% accuracy if a couple will break up. Really? Yes. And there's one thing that if he sees or his researchers saw, they knew the couple would break up. And you know what that is? contempt. Wow. So if you see one partner in contempt of the other, they're disrespecting mm. the other partner, right? And sometimes the disrespect isn't a word. Sometimes it's just a eye roll, you know? In other words, one partner thinks the other partner is less than them. Right. Right. That means there's doom. Right. That means there's there's doom and destruction and gloom. Right. But so what does that mean? If you know that and this would be my third thing. Right. If you know that contempt is a driver towards breaking up, then the, and ultimately, you know, contempt is about respect. Then, you know, that what you need to work on in your relationship is how do you build up respect for each other? Mm. Right. How do you build up res- respect, you know, deep appreciation of the partner that you have. What can you be doing? What can your partner be doing to continue to drive that respect? Point four, and this is, they're all, you know, touching each other. You you think about that, what I'm talking about to driving the respect. Respect, effective communication, all these things. It's not just a one-time hit, boom, you got it, you're done. It's this continual effort on working on it. So the question becomes, what can you be doing with your partner to continue to be developing these skills? So, for example, maybe once a month you read a book on active listening together, or you read a book on love languages together, or you listen to a podcast together, or it could be as simple as you watch a show about, like, it could be a, you know, the crown or whatever that you watch. But you and your partner actively discuss the relationship topics mm-hmm. that in itself is actively working on your relationship. And you know what that is, Asta? That is therapy. Wow. It's therapy, right? I love that. So that's number four. And then last, because you asked me for five and I'm going to give you five. <laughs> last, but, but definitely not least. And this is going to sound wild to some people. Other people may say, okay, Paul, I get you is 
You want to surround your relationship with other couples who have successful relationships. Right. Because what the research tells us is that divorce is contagious. It is. 75% of people who have friends who are divorced end up, and I'm talking about close friends who are divorced and predominantly surround themselves with those close friends and no one else end up becoming divorced themselves. 75%. Do you think it's a form of self-saboteur? Yeah, so yes and no, right? So the reason why I say yes is because it, yeah, absolutely. You see your, 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 your friend gets in your ear, right? And you then decide to distance yourself from your partner. Your friend is saying, oh, you could do better, Asta. Come on, you could do better, you know? But then also part of it, the reason why I say no is that, you know, divorce is also good sometimes. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. So you, you need to be out of the relationship. Could be a toxic relationship. And so you see your friend get divorced and they get become liberated. They're living their best life and they're in Milan and they're in Prague at the restaurants, right? So you want that for yourself. So it could be a good thing. So that's why I say it's 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 yes and no. I I really like your five points. And I I just think they also as well as relationship, I, I think they also reflect. I, I think they should. I think we should practice that for ourselves, like because it's it's almost a form of self therapy, isn't it? You know, we, uh, without put the relationships aside, I think we almost need to kind of nourish ourselves. And with everything that's being fed into us at the moment, I don't know if you've noticed, but I switch on the news, and every day is a different negative story. Sure. And I think. I think to myself, for someone who isn't, how can I put it, enlightened, how do they actually get around this? And I think your five steps would really help people. So I think the book is a really good idea because I see it as a self-help tool as well. Yes, yes. Well, there you go. You 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 voted for it. So <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Oh, what do you think? What do you think of the? Why do you think there is such Barriers between, I don't know what barriers, but taboo between the whole thing of disability and this thought pattern of people having of uh, looking at someone with a disability as being unable to love. Yeah, ignorance. Yeah, it's it's ignorance. I mean, that's I, I don't I don't think it's any more or less than that. You know, I think that so, and I and I see it. And, 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 and the reason why I say I, I see it is, is that when I think about, so for example, uh, I, you know, for anyone just listening and not watching, I am a black man, right? And I remember uh, moving from basically all black Queens, New York to all, it was, uh, you know, Italian, white Italian, um, Long Island, New York. And I remember that was the first time that I truly remember, you know, racism in my life. Right. And I remember thinking, gosh, you don't even, you don't like me, but you don't even know me. You never met me. Mm. Right. How could you make all these assumptions about me? You know, like, it, and, and your assumptions are crazy, you know, for good or for bad, you know, the, these are crazy assumptions, but it, it, I realized the reason why, 
is because that particular neighborhood I moved in, it was completely ignorant to my experience. Right. And I think it's the same thing when you look where, where, where people think about, okay, let's say, okay, so Asta has a disability, right? Which that title alone also rubs me the wrong way a little bit. And, and that's even why, okay, even why I, I don't even like uh, when they talk about black people, they say minority, that even rubs me the wrong way, right? Because immediately disability, minority, we're marginalized. Yeah. Immediately, right? Mm-hmm. No, this is actually what makes me unique in the world. So actually that's a superpower for me, right? You know? So, but, but to your point or to your question, I, I, I think it's based on ignorance and that's the reason why uh, representation is so important, right? That's the reason why we need to see more of this beautiful uh, cross-section of what the world looks like represented in our everyday lives on television, right? Um, in movies, um, in sports, uh, you know, in music, uh, on stage, you know, performing, etc. When we see more representation, then we have better understanding and it reduces our ignorance. How did you meet Jill? In college. Yes. And the, the, the quick story on it, although she will, I'm sure she will probably push back on the story, but the quick story is I was fully into her from day one. I think she was just like, ah, oh, whatever, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, doing her thing. And it took me months Asta, of working my magic. I had to put the hat on that you're talking about the wizard hat on. I had to put the wizard hat on. I had to use every spell in the book. I had to get a second book. <laughs> I had to work it. I had to work it. But that's 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 how. But I mean, we we've been together for uh, it feels like forever. We've been married for 21 years. You know. Wow. So uh, so yeah. And do you prefer the U.S. to England, or do you have a love for both equally? I have a love for both, but I prefer the uk really yes i do i do L- london in particular wow uh, yeah I, we we are jill myself the boys we're in love with where we live in south london this little area has um uh it's like uh it's it's dulwich west norwood uh Hearn hill brixton peckham it's considered to be the most diverse area in the world for a population over 1 million. Wow. So there's over 200 languages spoken in just this little area that we're in in South London. Wow. So it's full. We're talking about in terms of people not being ignorant. This is what you need to not be ignorant. You need to be with different people and go to schools with diff- go to school with them and go to the, 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 the bakery with them and, and go to the corner shop and grow and shop with them and play with them in the park. And like, this is to me, this is what the world hopefully will look like this little area. Wow. I like that. I'll have to visit one day. Would, um, would you say sex is a big part of a relationship or, you know, where, where do you think it plays into it? Because a lot of people I've noticed put a lot of onus on it. And before I was in a relationship, I almost felt under pressure from society that 
you know, that I wasn't regularly in a sexual relationship or I wasn't talking about it as much as kind of the mainstream flow of society were. Yes. This is a brilliant question because this is where I believe that most of the world gets it wrong. Right. And here's my thought is that if you ask or you survey 10 people and say, okay, um, you know, men, for example, um, how many out of every 10 men who are single, how many are, 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 are sexually active, right? Then you go into marriage. How many of, of the men, 10 men who are in a marriage are, are sexually active, right? The idea is that men will, you know, have sex with a, with a tree. So it's like, of course, they're going to be sexually active, right? That's, that's the thought. But when you begin to break down the numbers, what you'll see is that with regard to single men, men are having less sex than any point in modern history and married men. And this is just me guessing. And when I say guessing based on the numbers, based on all the, the couples I work with, et cetera, I think that that number is probably below 50% in terms of regular sex, right? right. I, I get countless. So um, I was, uh, I was just on uh, uh, Lorraine last week. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. And, and I, so did you see that when I uh, talked about the six second I kiss? I did. So, you know, what's fascinating about this? So I talk about the six second kiss and the idea behind the six second kiss is a quick tip or technique to help strengthen your relationship. So I said the average couple kisses once a week for one second. It's a one second kiss. And I said, instead, focus on having a six second kiss daily. Now, here's what happens. A lot of people say, Paul, that's crazy. You know, my husband and I kiss all the time, or that's crazy. We blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, that represent that all those people, all those people who say, Paul's, you're crazy, they represent about 20% of, of the real world. The real world are the DMs that I get constantly where, you, you know what? I'm not, let me, let me just, let, let me just s- say, this, I got this DM five minutes before I got on this call with you. Um, hey, Paul, we've been doing this challenge and I really think it's helped. I've been together with my husband for 11 years. We have four kids. And now my husband is more affectionate than ever before. Wow. The last time we kissed properly was 2007. Wow. 2007. Asta, what, what year is this right now? What year is this? <laughs> Jesus, really? Yeah. So, so they must have been dating. So they were. Wow. Dating. Yeah, they, they must have been dating. So even as a married, so she's basically saying, as a married couple, we haven't, we have, we haven't. So if this is what she's saying, then how many, how often are they having sex then? Zero. Zero. And yeah, I mean, it, and so the, I guess my to your question of how important is it is, is that I think it's important and it varies in degree of importance for for everyone. But society, I think, puts this falsified pressure 
on everyone to say, oh, you should be doing it every day, five times a day. Like you should be getting in like rabbits. And if you're not, something's wrong with you. But ultimately, what we have to also understand is it is about um, it, it is it is a I would say, uh, uh, you know, a bridge, a tool, a technique, but a, it's something to help strengthen the relationship. And the key of what I think we've been talking about with the five tips that we talked about earlier and the kissing challenge and now talking about sex is the whole idea is how can you continue to do things with your partner to strengthen the relationship so that you get the contentment that you talked about earlier, Asta, so that you can then get these other things that we talked, living longer, making more impact, et cetera. So that's where the importance is. It, it to me it is like a jigsaw isn't it it's getting all these kind of because we're, we're just energy aren't we so it's just pulling all these different kind of elements into our energy field and putting them in place and making them work and i tell you what paul i like the six second kiss thing and i think the the kiss that you saw on my instagram i think that might have been six seconds <laughs> <laughs> yeah, six, six seconds is a while. You know what I mean? It is. Thank you for your endorsement, by the way. I loved it. Yes. I mean, when I saw your like skills, that that was it. Like I knew, I, I knew, I knew I'd tick the whole kissing thing. I think I may, I may, I, I may reshare that because, yeah, yeah because no, really, like really, if you could see how many DMs I'm getting around this, this is helping me. Even people saying it's like I'm just kissing now for two seconds or three seconds. Kissing is just to me. I don't know. I get this kind of overwhelming surge of energy when I kiss my partner, and it's like, wow, we've just connected, probably in the most beautiful way possible. You know, because I think sex is yeah, so a very physical thing, isn't it? In some ways, but. Kissing, I don't know what it is. Yeah. So this is interesting because you, so, you know, kissing lights you up, you know, and you think about that and you think about how that connects also with love languages, but we also have different sexual types, right? And, 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 and kissing and the stimulation that that gives to you is maybe the equivalent to what someone gets in a romantic bath without physical connection, right? Um, Or the same stimulation that someone may get by being, you know, spanked, (laughs) right? And this is why we have to understand that we're all individuals when it comes to pleasure, when it comes to stimulation. And we have to know this. And, And actually to your question earlier of, you know, Paul, what can we do? And I was saying the best time to prepare, prepare for the relationship is before you're in it. Well, part of that too is understanding, well, what does stimulate you? Yeah. So that when you get into a partnership, you can articulate that to your partner. And if your partner can't give it to you, then you know, you, you won't be able to be in a, in a, in a fulfilled relationship with that per- person. Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's funny you should say that. I've tried the whole spanking thing, but I just, I'm not into pain. So it is... <laughs> It is a very individual thing. But um, someone asked me to ask you a question, if that's okay. And um, that question was, um, how big is trust in a relationship? Um, 
it may make or break or it, it's it's everything i mean tr- trust to me is directly related to that when we talked about earlier about contempt right because trust all right to to me what trust is is it is knowing that your partner will not violate you right that's what trust is violate you or your relationship right if you are violated it means that you have been disrespected which means that there's contempt baked into the relationship so to me they go hand in hand trust is everything without trust there is no relationship without um you know w- w- with with contempt there is no relationship uh with disrespect there is no relationship thank you and yeah. finally i know you're really busy and you know i, I really really appreciate your time and um really cuz like you you've 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 been all over the world you 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 connected with america you connected with oprah winfrey and uh, i i cherish this moment you know I, I saw you in an interview the other day and you talked about you really loving it in the moment. And for me, this moment is precious. But um, the last thing I'd like to ask you is that I get a lot of emails from people with disabilities saying, you know, what can I do? How can I find, how can I find love? And how can I express this to my parents that I want love, which is sad because a lot of caregivers don't even realize it. What's the best advice you'd give to someone in, in, in that position. Yeah. Well, well, so to, to just make sure that I acknowledge what you said about appreciating the moment, I appreciate the moment as well. Right. And, and, and I think that's important is that when you are feeling um, good about a moment, good, about, it is important to acknowledge it because that actually helps it to become a memory, yeah. you know, as you acknowledge it. So I, pr- I definitely appreciate this time with you. Um, as, as far as your, your, your question is, is that I think we always have to start where we are, right? And what that means is that if you're in a situation where a caregiver doesn't even conceive how you're feeling, they don't know the pain that you're carrying, you have to articulate that, right? We always have to be the chief advocate for ourselves. It's important. We must advocate for ourselves always, right? So the first place to begin is to articulate, this is how I'm feeling. This is why I'm feeling. Because what ends up happening is that when you show that vulnerability, most human beings respond in a supportive way, right? They, they do. And, and, we, and you, you know what's interesting? This conversation that we're having now touches upon what we talked about earlier in terms of being vulnerable and open to talk about your loneliness, et cetera, out on a public forum. And what ends up happening is typically there's an outpouring of support because other people are feeling the same way. So the key is, is to begin small and articulate that, articulate the need for love, why you you should be loved. Because once again, you're talking about anyone who has, or, or specifically someone who has a disability, well, we also talked about how most, not most people, actually, I do think is most people are ignorant with regard to someone with a disability. So yeah. the desire for love, right? So that's where, I think that's where it begins. Secondly, is I think it's about putting yourself in a space where you are hearing and consuming inspirational 
aspirational and instructional content. This is very important. Inspirational, aspirational, and instructional content. Why is because our belief system is based on what we consume. Right. Period. And what is, you know, so, so inspirational, what is that? Inspirational is someone who you have uh, seen trying to do what you're doing right now. Right. So they may not have achieved the love, et cetera, that you want to achieve, but maybe it's someone else who has a disability who's on the same path as you. That's inspiration. Stay around that person. And maybe that means you're just following them on Instagram because they live in Miami, you know, but that's inspiration. Consume their content. Secondly, aspirational. What's that? Aspirational is someone who has already achieved what you are attempting to achieve, who's walked the path that you are trying to walk down, right? So who's aspirational? Oh my God, look at Asta. He's up here. You know, he was vulnerable. You know, he's out here doing these 10 second kisses on Instagram. I want to, <laughs> I want the same thing in my life. So follow Asta, right? Follow, follow you. See how you're living your life, right? Consume content from you. That's aspirational. And then lastly, what's instructional? Instructional is actually what we're doing right now in this. We're, we're, you're specifically saying, Paul, what is the path? Give me the steps. What are the five? X, 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 right? Consume instructional content. If you're around instructional, aspirational, and inspirational, there's undoubtedly, undoubtedly, you will develop the right belief system. And that belief system will take you around the world and back. And back to the heart. There you go. I love it. Thank you so much. You've, uh, again, inspired me. And is there anything you'd like to ask me? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'll I'll give you a comment. I'll give you a comment. And I'm not just blowing smoke up. You know, uh, this is, you know, this is the truth is that I think you are exceptional at this. This is, is, is at interviewing because you're an exceptional listener, exceptional listener. And then your questions are perfectly timed, perfectly timed, perfectly exceptional. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Paul Brunson. Thank you so much for coming on Astrovision. And, um, yeah, I hope our friendship remains a long, long time. Oh, oh yeah. I, I just want to know when the wedding is. <laughs> Man, you, you, you and Jill will have the first invite, I promise. But um, big love to you and Jill, man. And thank you so much again. Much respect and love. You too, man. Thank you. Thank you.